Hello, and welcome to RRI Explained, a RESBIOS podcast. It is the aim of the RESBIOS project to embed Responsible Research and Innovation, or RRI, into four universities across Europe in the hope of improving the interconnectivity between science research and society, with a particular focus on the biosciences. But what is RRI exactly? Well, hopefully we can find out together. Today we are joined by Stefan Philip, Project Coordinator of Cherries, an EU project bringing together societal actors and healthcare providers, together using the RRI framework to provide modern solutions to modern healthcare issues. Thank you for joining us today, Stefan. Thank you for having me. So, Stefan, can we start off with a bit of an introduction about the Cherries Project and the key aims of the project? Um, the Cherries Project is a Horizon project um, that is aiming to develop and experiment with a framework for responsible research and innovation in healthcare settings in re- re- uh, European regions. We're working with um, Erbro in Sweden, Murcia in Spain, and the Republic of Cyprus. And we are basically aiming of developing an approach that is on the intersection between um, healthcare, um, sectoral policy, and innovation policies. We bring together these two sectors, like innovation ecosystem in a very broad sense, um, and the healthcare sector by including also the recipients of the healthcare services, the patients, to jointly define innovation needs and subsequently develop new new practices in healthcare that meet these needs better than the current practices. So working together with society to work out what modern society needs from their healthcare providers. Yes, um, healthcare is an extremely complex system and there are many, many actors with different interests in it. And at the same time, it's a field where a lot of innovation is happening, where a lot of needs are. And because of the complexity and also the, the pace in which the sector often is developing, no actor really knows exactly what is going on at all the time. Many conflicting interests and so on. And we think that when we bring together people and co-define how um, these services should look like and what is actually needed for um, the list delivering services according to this this kind of shared idea, um, you can develop innovations that are really fitting, that are fit for the purpose, that provide uh, provide benefits for the stakeholder groups. I was going to ask what the modern issues facing healthcare are at the moment, but I suppose COVID has kind of taken up the headlines for a long time. But Cherries was... I imagine, put into place before people even knew about what COVID was. So but without kind of thinking about COVID, what was what are the issues facing healthcare at the moment? No, you're completely right. The project was developed and approved, even started before COVID or started in parallel with COVID at our kickoff meeting in January 2020. Um, we were in the process of starting our first um, engagement formats, um, preparing everything for first regional engagement activities when COVID put us at a full stop. COVID has been accompanying us the whole time. It was uh, really difficult to, to implement and develop a project that is about aiming at engagement of doctors or engagement of patients in times where physical meetings are not possible and where the healthcare sector obviously had other problems than dealing with our ideas, how we could help them in the future eventually if they have very concrete problems right now. But in general, uh, we decided that we will not engage with COVID too much. We will stick into our original idea and think about healthcare in a more, more general terms. The big issue 
for healthcare is that the people are getting older. We have an aging population. Um, people are living longer and longer with chronic diseases that are draining resources from the sector. There's an increasing share of people that have comorbidities that need to be managed, need to be balanced, and the sector is not getting more money. So basically, there is an increasing demand, and um, and at the same time, innovation often is seen as a as a mean to to tackle this challenge. But healthcare is really complex. Innovation in healthcare often fails, even though there is a clear um, demonstrated benefit of these innovations. And sometimes innovation in healthcare are even um, leading to higher costs. Maybe the reason is um, because you can provide services more efficient. You pr- uh, provide more services. Also, the healthcare sector is it's a public sector. It's semi-public sector. So sometimes it's a little bit slow in, in picking up things. Um, it's extremely careful in picking up new practices. We have um, a history and a routine of double-blind studies with control groups to measure effects um, and, and make the decisions based on, on this gold standard of evidence. So, but this, this process often is not appropriate for, for changes in healthcare. When we think about um, new telemedicine apps or so on, how do you do a double-blind control group about the effects of those um, and, and so on? So there are different things. We're talking about uh, pharmaceutical innovations, or medical innovations, or organizational innovations, and so on. These are all aiming at either increasing the healthcare delivery quality um, or in decreasing the costs, being more efficient. No, that's really interesting that you say that because, yeah, these healthcare providers, these institutes, they've been going for a long time. They have the very big mechanisms with lots of moving cogs. And I imagine there needs to be a lot of inertia to get these uh, changes put into place. Also, when you have to take into account people's health, the ethical issues behind that. And I imagine it's been difficult to think of a way to implement these changes in a timely manner, which... Yeah, the IEU project usually only has two, three years. But yeah, to implement these in such big kind of mechanisms, it must have been hard work. Yes, no, I mean, especially in a situation where the sector really was occupied with COVID, the bigger discussion somehow um, was really not being, we did not discuss the big issues, so to say. We were really focusing on how we can develop these innovations for the needs that we identified. But how the sector as such can be adopted. There's a discussion that we want to have, that is needed to have, but that was not possible to have in the last two years. Um, because, yeah, there was just no no time, no mental space for looking outside of the daily business. So how does the Cherries Project use these RRI principles to enact these positive changes in healthcare as a process? Yeah, I think um, the basic idea for Cherries was really... Um, we want to do RRI without talking too much about RRI. Mm-hmm. We did not want to go to the healthcare professionals or to the patients and, and teach them um, about all the good and variable methodologies that were developed in, in the context of RRI. But we wanted to have an, a process that we want to experiment with that is rooted on RRI, that is rooted on um, being open about engagement, about improving people's health, and, and lives. I think one very, very valuable step for, from Cherries is that we started defining the innovation problems together with the patients. So like our first step was discussing what are the needs in the sector, where are the problems, um, do we need to improve? Uh, we went to healthcare professionals, we went to patients, we went to really citizens and asked them 
describe their personal problems. Um, and this was then um, collected, aggregated, um, and one need in each region has been selected for further work within the project. The selection was also done in a very open manner. We had selection committees that were gender balanced. This is one of the, the keys of RI, where we brought together healthcare professionals, healthcare administrators, uh, regional innovation actors, and patient organizations um, to select the need. We identified three needs in the three regions. In Murcia, it was uh, detecting the progression of multiple sclerosis. It's a disease that always comes in waves, and we want to catch the wave early before um, it can progress too much. In Sweden, um, in Örebro, it's a rural region. Like when there's one main city, Örebro, but most of the, the county is really regional, uh, rural. That's not that densely populated. They have an issue of aging population that lives on the countryside and is lonely. So um, how can you fight involuntary loneliness in, in elderly people? Um, and the third one is in Cyprus. How can you provide telemedicine for people that live in rural areas or in other areas in Cyprus where it's not so easy to go to Greek doctors. So these were three issues that are, were arising out of these needs that we picked up. And they, these needs, they were coming from the society, coming from, from organizations of patients, from citizens themselves, and from, from really concrete problems. So is the process of putting in these initiatives a continuous sort of workshopping and co-creation exercise so you might come up with a solution to a potential issue and then and then some way down the road you might come up with some real world roadblocks that means you have to change your approach and rework the idea a little bit would you say this is the process with cherries yes obviously um like the cherries model how we we implemented things has basically three steps the first one is what I just described. It's a call for needs. Based on this call, we define challenges, one challenge in each region, and they were published in an open call for solutions. Companies, um, research centers were presenting their ideas on how to tackle this, these issues. We were aiming at really open calls. We didn't give um, too much of an idea of how the, the solution should look like, but we just describing the problem so that we can spark the creativity of people that read this and come up with their own solution. So we didn't tell them we need a solution that has specification X, Y, Z. So we have, this is the problem. These are the dimensions of the problem. Um, please help us tackling these. We were selecting um, three and then in the end, four solutions in the three regions. Um, and each solution provider with their idea, then went into a co-creation process. And that's the third step. We collected regional co-creation teams consisting of um, healthcare professionals, healthcare administrators, for example, the IT, if the IT department in the hospital is involved, the patients, the people who identified the need, um, and this solution provider. And they developed a work program together and saying, okay, like the first two, three months, we build the prototype, um, and then you get it, and you experiment with this, um, and there is a constant exchange on how to improve this thing. And this process is ongoing, right? We are in the process of implementing these solutions and that's the, the core of Cherry, so to say. This is this, this three-step procedure. And of course, yeah, I mean, this is a singular solution for very complex problems. And they might be important building stones and tackling this, this identified needs, but they will not be the silver board. So of course, there must be an, an ongoing engagement in these ecosystems beyond Cherries um, in order to make sure that not only this singular innovation is developed, but then it's also embedded and probably there is some need for further organizational innovations that are triggered by these new solutions. 
most likely there is some kind of an ongoing process started, so to say, um, for adapting to these needs. That's really interesting. So obviously you work with society and with the medical providers, but also how important is it to include industrial partners in this process uh, early on or later down the road? And does their feedback feed into the work that you've been doing? I think um, for the industry, it's actually the other way around. It's not so, so important that we um, include them in the innovation process, but for the industry, it's an added value, it's a benefit that they can work on very concrete issues. Um, because often, especially SMEs, um, startups that probably have some good ideas on how to deal things, they don't know the realities of the sector that well. And the sector, as I mentioned, it's extremely complicated with uh, many, many barriers to overcome. And if the, the need is kind of coming out of the sector um, and they want to, to fix something and then get the industrial partner in to help them to develop this new solution, um, then their knowledge flow is, is much better and the industry can develop much more targeted and loses, reduces the loss of resources in development process, so to say. But I think actually this is the benefit of the model. You were talking before about constantly getting feedback from society and healthcare providers. Uh, I was just wondering, what does this feedback look like and how do these results uh, inform your decision making? Hmm. Yeah, no, um, I cannot actually tell you too much of this. This is a really, really regional processes um, and I'm not directly involved in any pilot. Um, I'm taking my advisory role and these processes are really done within the regional ecosystem. For example, in Sweden, um, the, the solution is developed by um, a consortium of civil society organizations and, and the municipalities who um, already had ideas on what to do with the um, the involuntary lonely people, what kind of services they want to provide them. The main issue for them was actually um, reaching them. So they brought together all these, these civil society organizations like um, the church organizations and the local fire brigades and the sports clubs and pooling this, this kind of third sector, voluntary sector people to develop new approaches on, on reaching those target groups. And this, the, the outcome will not be a technology or something like this. We were talking about social processes here. And the process in, in, in Cyprus, for example, is that they're starting to roll out the, the prototypes now. Patients and doctors are now getting um, this, this new technology and will start experimenting with it. I don't know exactly what are the steps right now because I haven't been talking with them in the last month since this started, but they are starting to testing. So what would be the long-term goals of the Cherries project? I know currently you're working on these co-created co initiatives, but I also see that you're developing these mirror regions. Are these regions which have similar issues or are you working with them on different areas? No, um, we have two, two main lines of basically making our ideas sustainable. Uh, like besides the, the sustainability of the pilots, of course, we want to engage with the regional policy system, so to say, in order to implement this this logic of co-creating, of develop, identifying needs in a collaborative way um, as a basis for innovation processes within the regional strategies and regional policies. Our main objective here is um, basically to start a discussion. How does this cherish model and smart specialization work together? Smart specialization as a EU policy gives the regions access to funds for innovation activities and it's built on so-called entrepreneurial process of discovery and is also asking regional policymakers for innovation policy to include various kind of stakeholders groups in setting priorities. And we think actually that we 
developed um, a methodology that can help us in, in continuously engaging and continuously um, getting feedback from various sectors on where um, innovation needs are. So um, I think that there is a discussion to be had for regional policy. Um, that's the one thing. And the other thing is the mirror regions. There we are really aiming at um, transfer of knowledge firsthand from our experiences to other regions that are experiencing similar challenges that are interested in the methodology and that are willing um, to experiment with such a methodology in their own ecosystem. Um, and we had this call open. We got really good proposals. We got a good number of proposals, and we um, selected not only three but four um, mirror regions, mirror territories that really came in with their own ecosystems, often consisting of three, four different partner organizations that working together and saying, "Yes, that's something we want to do." And they will now receive one-on-one -on -one trainings on how to identify the needs, on how to to phrase the solutions in an open way, co-creation processes in 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 the sector and so on. And the I think the interesting um, part is that we are going beyond healthcare. We received one really good proposal from a Spanish region, uh, Burgos, that wants to apply this in a different sector. It's more about, um, if I remember correctly, the more social housing uh, policies and so on, on the intersection of construction and social policies also. So we're really, really looking forward to that. And this process just started as we had the kickoff in January and now have a series of engagement formats with those regions, also then in our conference in Brussels in May. We will meet physically and make sure that we have a good knowledge transfer and build kind of a community of practice of regions of actors who are working with this or similar approaches. And so we have an ongoing exchange beyond the lifetime of the project. So you're hoping to put in a framework with the lessons learned through the Cherries project and with guidance from Cherries mentors to help these other institutes put in similar initiatives. Now, this is now ongoing basically the whole year. Uh, will be based on like, different kind of exchange formats and, and support and, and training and all transfers. So you mentioned that the Cherries project is happening in May. Are you lucky enough to have that in person or is that going to be? Well, yes, no, we, we are positive that May, end of May in Brussels, will be, we will be able to have a physical event. Yeah, it will be a two-day event in, integrated into the EBN annual congress. Um, so it will be a very interesting agenda um, of partly internal workshops aiming at the policy development and the mirror region process, but also um, public events of sharing our experiences um, and discussing the, how responsibility and sustainability are connected, you know, like sustainability of actions, not sustainability in an environmental sense, and how we can make this kind of ideas of cherries um, also sustainable in the context of European policies, mentioned smart specialization, but also beyond that. So what are the next steps for the Cherries projects moving down the road? I know you're about halfway through your initial uh, roadmap, but yeah, what are the next steps? No, um, I think I mentioned it even, the, the, the experiment is basically in its final stage. We are co-creating, we are evaluating and monitoring, collecting evidence about the benefits of our model. Um, and we are already in the phase of spreading the learning through um, the mirroring regions, but also then through policy. And the, the second big block is um, the policy work, where we are um, having workshops regionally, interviewing other regional stakeholders and collect evidence. Now, because until now, mostly we have been working with regional healthcare actors, but now we are 
reaching out to regional development, to uh, smart specialization, and so on, and see where we can align, where we can find interest, where we can find um, potential institutional anchors for um, the Cherries model. Because in the end, this is really depending on regional culture and regional um, routines. We're not starting in a vacuum. We are coming in at a certain point in time where development processes are going on. And we need to kind of take our ideas and align it to the regional realities in order to make the most out of it in the regional context. This is extremely important. It must fit to the culture and um, routines. Um, and this is the process that we're doing right now. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add about the work the Cherries Project is doing or the future work that you hope to do with the Cherries Project? That's a difficult question uh, because it's very open. I think even in, in general, um, we we need to continue thinking about how to modernize the healthcare sector, how we can improve service quality for patients in a very, very complex sectoral setting. How, And we need to start thinking more about how um, technological innovation and organizational innovation are connected and what the role of responsible research processes or kind of like engagement processes of patients and doctors in this process can be, what is the benefit of that and how we can improve the information flows about innovation needs from the sector. Also, also from new innovations that are happening in the sector. Has there been any pushback from these healthcare providers? They are big institutes and they've done certain things a certain way for a long time. So sometimes it might feel that it takes a lot to implement these changes or have they been very embracing of these initiatives that you've put in place? No, there, there has been no um, no pushback. Very, very simple reason, the partners, the, the healthcare sectors are partners in charity. Yeah. So um, they are there, they, they knew what they are doing, they knew what they were getting into. Um, and for example, the healthcare sector in Mosia is really using and trying to use these European projects as a, as a means to modernize their services and to get new ideas in. And they're really keen about this on these discussions. Yeah. Of course, these organizations are huge. For example, in Muthia, the healthcare sector is the biggest regional employer with more than 20,000 employees. So everything takes its time, but there is no, no, no pushback in this. It's just um, always a balancing of interests. So. I suppose that's why this partnership between uh, healthcare providers and industry and society is so key, just so that everyone's on the same page and you can manage expectations and everyone knows what they're getting into. Yes, definitely. No, um, and I think um, Cherries is we we really opened some arenas for discussion and and widened it. That was really a success in all three regions that um, we could go beyond the typical kind of group of people they, the actors are talking with. We said, okay, we want to be inclusive, we want to involve patients, we want to involve all the academia, which, for example, was um, a new addition in the ecosystem in Mosquia that they started talking more with the university. And, okay, um, that never really came to our mind that um, in the way we improve our services, we also need them. Or that they also have valuable inputs. Um, so we we try to create an arena for shared learning, shared progress. Um, and I think this this changes on this working basis might be sustainable. We hope so. 
No, that's really interesting, and I hope that uh, the future of the Cherries Project, you manage to push through these policy changes that, yeah, have been proving to be such a great use to society and healthcare in these regions. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today, Stefan. It was really interesting learning more about Cherries and how you were using the RRI process to implement positive changes within healthcare in Europe. Yeah, thank you for having us. It's really it's nice to do get other platforms to do spread our messages. The Respios project is funded by the EU with the grant number 872146. To learn more about the Respios project and the other pillars of RRI, please go to respios.eu. Thank you for joining us. See you next time.